you can cut some of the silence out from this, right? So I don't sound like quite as much of a moron. Welcome to episode 69 of the Floorhammer podcast, the light take on the grim dark. I'm David Pettit, and with Christmas around the corner, I'm joined by the man who epitomises that Christmas cheer. It's Rich O'Keefe. Hey, Rich. Hey, Dave. You didn't you didn't scrape the bottom of the barrel with an episode number joke. No, I didn't. Well done. I didn't sing Tim that will... low. We are highbrow here. Tim will be very sad. Yes, he will. But uh, kids listen to this also. I'm Do they? Do they? Uh, yeah, Do... but then I suppose it goes straight over the head. Are their parents responsible if they? No, we're not that bad. I hope. No, of course not. Uh, of course. So uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash floorhammer podcast. Our website floorhammerpodcast.com and our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast. So uh, a strange couple of weeks for me. Uh, I don't know how you've been holding up. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, we came out of lockdown in the UK, um, mm-hmm. which for me is. Tier two makes no difference at all. Yeah, um, I can I can rebubble again. That's the that's the difference for me. Nice, very nice. Not not much has changed, mate. We wanted a bit bit of Christmas planning, given that we got given our Christmas restrictions. So, yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, not yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's that wind up at the end of the year. I mean, it, it, all jobs are different. Um, but being very project based job, um, a lot of things are wanted to get finalised before the end of the year. So it's at this point of recording like seven working days left for me. So I've uh, got to get a got to get a reel on to get stuff done. So actually, that's been kind of a, a focus driver, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Chris, Christmas period is is approaching shortly. I work for an American company, so Christmas is quite a big thing. Managed managed to miss out Thanksgiving as well. So, uh, but anyway, what have we got coming up today? We've got a few things for you in store haven't we we have we're gonna hit you up with our final hobby progress for the year i guess yes it As, will be uh, we, we we can uh rattle through what we've gotten done uh gw well we can very quickly rattle through what they've got done in the last two weeks yes uh, uh as mentioned just out of lockdown so no game uh no game to cover at, the, at this point and you have something amusing to put in as the topic this week don't you dave yeah, I've got another quiz. You have something fun you've been brewing up. Yes, it's uh, it's it's Dave's A to Z quiz. Haven't come up with a witty name yet. Warhammer based, obviously. So just to clarify, are there twenty four or twenty six questions in this A to Z quiz, Dave? There are twenty six questions. Good. You went and you went and checked your alphabet. That's that's good to know. I did check my uh, alphabet. There are a few uh, questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Questions that have uh, that have to do with um, the the letters of the alphabet, but uh, there we go. And I've got a sneaky uh, sneaky top five uh, to slot in. Soon as you started the top fives, and then we did a few and never really went anywhere with it. So uh, I, I came up with something that should be uh, mildly amusing before we roll into uh, hobby tips to finish things off. I think uh, the top five started about this time last year. Oh, did they? Okay, it was the whole uh, top five ways to hide. Hide your uh, games workshop. <laughs> yes. Hide, Hide the your games workshop purchases from your significant other. That was uh, that was a good one. Right. Well, as you started that, do you want to start the hobby progress then? I will indeed. And before we start, I will send you the photo of Ooh. my finished painting challenge finished. model. Oh, we're going to get into this now. I like it. Okay. I thought yes. you were going to blag this as your entire hobby progress. Let me turn my. Um, airplane mode off on my phone this is exciting podcasting for everyone to listen to oh man it looks sweet love it there we go and i took some artsy fartsy shots as well obs obs yeah with the the whole sort of black background yeah yeah oh man it's looking good dave looking good obviously this will be up on uh, instagram and facebook as part of the episode release image and we'll post a separate full-size full-size pics as well but uh oh mate you did a great job you happy I I am so I'll, I'll talk you through what else I had done mm. since the last episode. Uh, so the last episode, I think I just finished the uh, the little bat uh, Xenos creature on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I had done is I had 
used the Incubi darkness and really watered it down to use sort of um, like a psychic aura emanating from her eyes. I see that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so they, they have been done there. And uh, when it came to the freehand part, you can see I've done the sort of the lining of the cloak with the little Inquisition and uh, Imperial Aquila symbols on yes. the cloak itself. So subtle freehand, but uh, freehand nonetheless. And uh, I tell you what, it's quite hard to paint a straight line on something that's not straight. It's, I, I, yeah, I can't paint straight lines to save my life. I've always discovered this whenever I've tried to do, like, uh, you know, um, check marks or anything like that. Uh, it, it just ends up looking terrible. Uh, but you've done a great job, mate. How did you do the flesh in the end? Uh, so that is Wraithbone with mm -hmm. a uh, Reichlin Flesh Aid wash over the top. Um, and then painted with Wraithbone again, mm -hmm. and then Wraithbone mixed with white as, nice. uh, as the extreme highlight. So it was actually quite, it was quite a good palette for skin. Um, uh, I wish I'd thought of that at the time before I started delving into, oh, could I mix in some Slanesh grey <laughs> into it? And then thought, no, hang on, I can just use a wash as it's meant to be intended to, to be yep. used. It's for so. skin, so that's fine. Um, yeah, no, it's good work, mate. And, and I wouldn't have picked you a model with flesh on show if it had, if you had no flesh-based colours at all. It would have been fully armoured. Although it's a painting challenge, it also needs to not look ludicrous. Like there are there are some tones that just don't work for for skin tones. Oh, certainly, certainly. But uh, no, no, it came out really well. And uh, for the base, I went with the alien desert Xenos um, sort of style. It's basically the um, they're basically the bases that I had uh, created for my Thousand Suns. Yep. So um, I had the Green Stuff World roller that I'd used over some, uh, is it Das Clay? Mm-hmm, yep. Um, previously, and then I've, I've got loads and loads of like Egyptian rollered bits of, mm -hmm. um, basically it looks like rubble. So uh, I got a couple of flat bits, put them on the base, um, bit of tuft and, and Bob's your uncle, there we go. So, uh, yeah, it came out really well and a bit of weathering powder up the legs to uh, to show that sort of scuffed look. And I think this will go nicely alongside your Imperial Forces if you do decide to use it in a game because it's similar-ish so. basing to your Black Templars, but not the same. Um, yeah. So it'll tie in quite well. Yeah, I, I think they would. Uh, I mean, the, the tufts and um, the basing are pretty much the same. That was with a Zandri dust spray as well. As it should be. As it, as should, it be. should be. And it looks pretty much the same colour palette as the Templars. Brilliant. So uh, I'm, glad I've, I'm glad I worked that out now after only having done a minor part of the Templar force. True. Very true. Uh, but there we go. So how did you find the whole challenge thing overall then? Was it, uh, was it as uh, fun to do as you'd intended? Because this was your idea in the first place, really. It was, yes. Um... There can be frustrations, partly because of my mindset of wanting to paint everything really well. And when you are restricted by colour palette, it is hard. The The mixing with white to make highlights um, goes far, but it goes only so far. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you wanted to do sort of quite um, gradual highlights, this is not really the challenge for you. Because, I mean, it, it can't be done unless you managed to do a very small area and you managed to keep the uh, the mixes consistent throughout the whole model yeah but no it was, it was very good it gave me a different I, I mean i wouldn't have painted her in the way that i would have done if i was painting with my normal colors um and i think that is that's quite a nice feeling and it's it's sometimes it's quite liberating to be confined to colors i know that sounds strange but it's quite nice to not having to pick the colors yourself and then regretting your decisions if you're forced into um a, a certain color palette or certain colors in this case then yep. then you can't really um, regret it because that's part of the challenge and the freehand was difficult I mm. never freehand um i always have um either transfers or embossed items exactly that I can for paint. me yeah um, so, so that was difficult, but uh, again, it's part of the challenge. And yeah, actually, overall, I had great fun doing it. And uh, I guess, guess the next couple of episodes, we'll start to pick your colours and pick your model for for your challenge. Yeah, so that's a good segue into actually when the next episode will come out, because we are going to uh, give ourselves a week off for Christmas, if that makes sense. Yes. So we have we have a like a two week uh, release schedule. 
Um, and I think this will turn into three, maybe four weeks, depending on uh, work-life balance. I'm in the middle of a house move, and obviously we've got the holidays and coronavirus holidays, because coronavirus doesn't strike for five days over the Christmas period, apparently. Uh, no. uh, so, uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a few IRL bits to, to cover, but uh, we should be back early next year. Yep, and uh, then we can roll up my colours and see what heinous combination I end up with. Probably three colours that are almost identical. That's what I'm expecting to happen. See, that is what I was hoping. Uh, ah. So having done this, I would quite like to have three very similar colours, maybe different, like like a grayscale, different shades of grey or different shades You're of blue. You're obsessed with grey, that's why. I am obsessed with grey, but uh, different shades of blues or oranges or something, just to sort of paint a model that, looks like it should be painted that way if that okay. makes sense well we'll see what i end up with i'm sure it'll uh sure it'll be interesting either way yeah yeah i mean that, that that's that's uh that's later down the line anyway so um moving on i uh did actually paint uh or finish painting the base for my mini diorama so like i nice. said last week uh, it's it's a pre-made sort of resin base a because i hate basing and b because i had it already uh and it looks really cool so I wanted to paint it up. Uh, that's all finished with the rubble and uh, did a bit of dry brushing just to emboss some of the edges. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've moved on to the Primaris Chaplin, which is one of the the models that is going onto this this um, diorama base. Um, and I have painted all the leather bits. Which Chaplin is this? Is this the already existing Primaris Chaplin or the new one that came in Indomitus? No, this is the OG um, nice. Primaris Chaplin with the the skull uh, stick that he, uh, he's got so i did uh, do a head swap like i said so mm. uh, i've used one of the forge world uh, stormcaster tunnel heads nice haven't painted that up yet but uh, yeah i've been painting all the leather bits with the the leather uh, technique that i've been using with the sort of the rhinox hide and no washes mm -hmm. um and i've put some base coats down so uh, he's got i've gone for a red gun which is not something i usually do for Ooh. my templars um, but he has a uh, red gun for his uh, i think they use an absolver bolt pistol i think so yes um yeah and uh, a few of the metallics down as well because uh, I've, I've given him a servo skull as well oh, nice as part of uh, like from the bits box i like getting little <laughs> random stuff out the bits box like that sometimes just to embellish whatever it is that you're working on yeah um, and i've got tons and tons of like uh templar cross purity seals and stuff that i can just stick to you to models uh, so that's always good. So I've stuck a bit, a uh, few of those on there as well. Mm -hmm. The new uh, Warcraft raid came out. Here we go. So I've been spending a lot of time uh, on that and, and on Warcraft itself. So uh, my hobby time is limited at the moment uh, and is limited for uh, Christmas time. Trying to sort out the house move stuff and uh, yes. Christmas holidays and the work rundowns. So um, I'm, I'm quite happy with how much I've done, managed to do over the last couple of weeks. Especially because it's me anyway. <laughs> this is this is true. Uh, but uh, what have you what have you got done? I mean, last time we left you, you were struggling a bit with your Drukari. I was. I'm, I'm supposed to lead with the excuses, aren't I? Because the <laughs> there was a new DLC came out for Minecraft Dungeons. So am I supposed to I did it. wheel that one out now to tell people that I I had not enough time? By all means, by is all that, means, is that how it works? You oh, good. spend your virtual life on that game, <laughs> then uh, I will completely empathise with you. No, no, that's, that's more family time. So I did have uh, issues with the Drukari that I mentioned last episode, and mm -hmm. yeah, that was miserable. Um, and as I went through it last episode, I've kind of pivoted into accepting it and getting on with it. So this week I got the first unit painted with their other colours, and I'm not going to lie... Uh, across the whole unit of 10 models, it's probably maybe two to three hours extra spent painting all the other bits and pieces. The majority of the model is that Baharoth blue with the wash over it. I've been quite loose with interpreting what part of the Drukhari models are armor and what parts are undersuit uh, because they have all sorts of bits and bobs on them that could fall into either camp. Yeah, they, they they stray into the orc territory of just bolting bits of armor on. Yeah, yeah, you're like, is that armor? Is that material? What is, is that it? Flesh of another race? Yes, for sure. Um, in this case, I've assumed that most of it's armor um, because mm -hmm. it was easier that way. Um, so the undersuits just just got a rhinox hide uh, layer. That was it. No highlights because, again, I wanted to kind of play into that. Already, they look dirty and a bit unfancy. 
Is that the right word? Unfancy? <laughs> is that a real word? They just look. They just look like the the, you know, the armor looks knackered, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So I've I'm not gone overboard with the highlights. So between that and the metals on the weapons are literally lead belcher with a um, contrast layer over the top. Sure. Um, and leaving them leaving them at that, and then the cloth is all Rakarth flesh with a wash. The only other things to paint on there are a few horn like bone pieces, um, okay. and then that's it. That's the entire that's the entire color palette across the models. Um, so, so how I've... how did it look? Because I mean, in your words, you screwed up the <laughs> yeah. Bakaroth blue and the the oil washes. How noticeable is it now that you've got all of the other colors on? Um, noticeable to me because I know what I wanted it to look like. Um, but it kind of looks semi-intentional at this point. If I hadn't, if someone just saw them without knowing, they'd be like, "Oh, you've painted them really dirty looking." That might be it. Um, so I think I've mostly gotten away with it. Um, That's good. And it wasn't what I imagined it to be, but um, I'm kind of happy with what the shifting expectations. The final outcome is, yeah. So. Um, Squad down in a week. I think that's pretty good going uh, with their vehicle very, very closely behind. I just need to do some washes and paint the sail. Um, I'm not quite sure what colours to paint the sails. I might go with the Rhinox hide on the sails to really contrast against the the bodywork on the vehicles. Um, and then probably going to do some... I did stenciling on the hull to do all the um, tribal markings. Sure. Um, I probably will go with transfers for the sail. Um it makes make, sense to make life a bit easier and i want to do them in bright like a, a white or something on on the sale and i don't really want to stencil on the white i'd rather go with a transfer and there's a whole load of them you get a massive sheet of transfers with the drakari box so i've got plenty of options good so yeah i think i think final outcome pretty happy with the squad so far and the basing really helps um as well because it ties them in with the other eldari faction stuff that i've done so yeah, I'll I'll get a picture up when I can when I when I finally finish the vehicle and kind of like do squad and vehicle picture and uh, and uh, get that up on Instagram and Facebook and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with where it's going. So hopefully in like uh like another month or so I'll be finished with them because I'm I really am hammering them out because they don't take a lot of time. On the contrary to that, taking a lot of time, I've still not finished that final batch of sisters models. Yeah, but you wanted to spend time on these. I did, and it's paying dividends. I'm quite down with the cloak painting process now. Um, I'm following the uh, the colours that I've been doing so far. I'm in my third batch of these, so I've kind of got it got it down pat now. Very much using that Rod Mods approach to actually painting the base coat first, and then shading with like a black with the base coat, and then the highlights rather than using a wash, uh, which has been a nice change for me. And it's just the hair now. And the faces, so I've got to paint them all Corax white, and then do like a flesh wash and a and a white and um apothecary. No, it's not apothecary white. It's um space wolf grey thinned down over the hair. Okay. Um, so the, then they'll be pretty much done. So they'll get their bases, which are almost finished, and uh, the whole um infantry side of the project will be done. And then it's the time to face the aforementioned in on previous episodes vehicles with the uh, contrast details for it. days contrast through an airbrush oh the details on the vehicles man there are so 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 many <laughs> so many you'll be but, all right no i'm looking forward to it it's only one um exorcist and one um immolator so it's not too bad at all are they a bolt on force then yes definitely i didn't want to do a yeah. massive collection um uh they they kind of they kind of come across as a horde force because of the cheapness of their troops so i didn't want to do loads and loads of them so it's just an, an imperium add-on and i also Made myself do a little bit more on the Ultramarines. Um, the Captain is almost finished. The Outriders are done. Um, and I started painting the Primaris Ancient with Ooh. his sweet, sweet standard. Which that is quite standard nice, standard is actually. nice. It's a really nice standard. The model's really good because it's a nice break because he's got the robes on over his armour. So he's actually got not that much edge highlighting to do. There's a lot more of painting the robes and the other textures. So um, a bit of a break before I finish the the uh, Blade Garden call the called my indomitus work done yeah yeah you got rid of the uh, assault marines didn't you the assault incessors and the eradicators yeah yeah which is probably quite stupid since eradicators are incredibly good but um yeah but if you don't like them don't use them no that's the thing we're we're, we're the rule of cool we are yeah, the yeah. Dimmy of the rule of cool and i've gotten through to the final prep work on my christmas project because my holiday Ooh. at work starts on the 23rd and i want to be ready to go so I'd already mentioned paint stripping models. Um, 
quite a few episodes ago now uh, for this secret project. With the gloopy stuff. With the gloopy stuff. Yes, the BioStrip 20 or whatever it's called. They are gleamingly clean. Um, they are off their bases and they are ready to be pinned to temporary bases while I paint because I'm really into doing that now um, as, a, as a method of, of painting the models. Oh, yeah, and definitely. It is uh, the reason I had to strip them is because they're models from 2001. It's <laughs> the it's the box set that got me into this hobby in the first place, the Fellowship of the Ring set. That is that is also what got me into uh, the the world of tabletop miniatures. Yep. So it is the Fellowship stripped back to their bare metal from what is shockingly now nearly 20 years ago, which makes me feel bloody old. Oh jeez. Yeah. Right. Um, was like five. <laughs> That's boring. Uh, and um, I'm I'm really excited to go on with this. You know, these models I absolutely love them. They were the first models I painted. I did a horrendous job of it. Um, they all went when I moved stuff on, um, and now I've gone back to the original metal models to get them done. I don't want to. I didn't want to do the fine cast ones because they're so unreliable. You buy a box of nine models. Uh, several of them are going to be write-offs and replacements, and I just wanted to get the original models and get on with it. And yeah. uh, just just holding the original metal models after they were paint stripped, I was like taken back a many number of years. Um, and as part of a birthday gift as well, I also have Gimli sitting on dead Urukai um, to add to that collection. Uh, I do love that model. It's like so a good. Tiny diorama in one model. Yep, it's so good. And uh, it was recently released on their like. Last not made to, to order it was they they made a whole load of them basically mm. and then it's when they were sold out they were sold out so i was there at one minute past 10 clicking add to cart <laughs> um and then claimed it as a birthday gift for myself so don't uh, we all don't we all yeah well technically my wife gave it to me as a gift even though i think i still am the one who paid for it but oh well who cares <laughs> i mean that's how it works in this house yeah we're adults that, that each other's money is just our money at this point <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting them primed up um, and starting painting them over Christmas. Nice, nice. Looking forward to it? Yeah, really, really excited um, to do something that I'm going to really enjoy. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's nine character models, but they're, they're small character models, but they've got a lot of detail um, packed into them. So yeah. I do love painting a character. Exactly. So what's better than a, what's better than a collection of characters? I mean, that's a custodies army, right? So yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, it is. Unless unless you're uh, fighting Death Guard and then they're no longer characters, they're just standard Marines. Oh, is that a thing? Oh, right, yes. Is this, your, is this your clever segue into talking about the Death Guard rules, Dave? It might well be. Oh, it my might gosh. Well be. That, was, that, was, that was brilliant, and I totally missed it. Hey, I so, totally missed it until you suggested it. Very good, very good. Well, leading on with what I was just referring to, and that is uh, the new sort of Death Guard army-wide rule which is contagion and this looks super cool and thematic and what this is is that as the battle goes on a la combat doctrines but for yep. death guard you get contagion abilities and this is an aura which uh, spreads around your characters and anything with the um death guard keyword which is a lot of stuff it is a lot of stuff uh see it as the regiment's the regiment keyword or the chapter keyword yep. um, and every battle round that this goes on there is a contagion range of an aura around your models starts off with one inch around your models in battle round number one uh, spreads to three battle round two to six inches and then to nine inches for four plus battle rounds so what this does is it subtracts one from the toughness characteristic of models in that range enemy models that is brutal is absolutely brutal so as i was referring to before if you've got your custodies all of toughness five which is their big deal suddenly they turn into marines with an invon save yeah i mean i did some quick numbers on this and yeah you're right the the range of effect of this ability is bigger than it seems um because toughness five like you mentioned comes down to toughness four so now they're wounding on fours with both their strength in combat and their bolters and toughness four like space marines and the majority of the stuff out there is taken down to toughness three all of their strength four stuff is wounding on threes uh bolters and combat that's 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 harsh and even toughness three is affected because it goes down to toughness two and now everything wounds it on twos so the range of effect 
it covers almost all enemy infantry that you're gonna that you're gonna face off against it's it's huge because sometimes you find these strength or toughness changes don't affect that much because you know like an assault cannon being strength six instead of strength five like a heavy bolter it doesn't apply in that many cases whereas this one is going to hit home in basically every situation you're going to find yourself in so it's really good it is it is and yeah from from battle round number three to four yep anything on the battlefield because if you think about the number of units you've got spread across the battlefield everything is going to be at minus one uh, toughness and the um big construct that the death guard get as well the um uh, the contagion stack or whatever it's called uh, that also has this contagion range and that can be a massive sort of area of denial mm. in the middle of the board so uh yeah it's uh, it looks very good and that is twinned with the new rework disgustingly resilient rule yes good so it's no longer uh sort of rolls to save after damage has been allocated now it is uh, subtract one from the damage characteristic of weapons against models with the uh, disgusting resilient rule which on the basis sounds not as good as the uh, the extra save but if you think about it all of these um, death guard marines or plague marines have gone up in wounds yep uh, so suddenly these damage two weapons that would outright kill uh, your your new death guard can no longer outright kill your new death guard so in in some respects depending on what you're shooting at them it's almost like they've gained two wounds yeah their terminators are going to be rough uh the dark shrouds or whatever they're called the the giant terminators are going to be even worse yeah. um it, it's, it's it's really really good and as somebody who has a bunch of death guard stuff uh it's way way less oppressive to pay, to face off against uh, before the number of times people would shoot you with a bunch of stuff you take your saves uh you'd then take your invulnerable saves if you've had them instead or you'd uh, take the, the ignore damage role of disgustingly resilient like your opponent was just like are you done rolling dice um, yeah. as the 10 wounds that they did killed like a plague marine um yeah. they're still gonna be durable because of this rule but it's gonna be way less oppressive to play from on both sides so i think it's it's a great it's a great change and it's it's way less dice rolling which is kind of what everyone wants so you can you can keep the game moving at a reasonable pace and not bog it down although that is obviously thematic for death guard to grind things down to a halt um it doesn't make for fun gaming yeah i mean if if you're a bit of bit of math hammer here if you're firing 10 intercessors rapid fire at plague marines oh well, here we go yep the old version with the extra save uh, kills one plague marine with the extra wounds and this new disgusting resilient rule uh, shooting all the shots all the intercessors rapid fire all those shots one dead plague marine so on the scheme of it if you're shooting with the most standard unit in the game or the most common unit in the game against uh, plague marines it's it's still only going to kill one so it, it makes no difference yet it seems like you said, less oppressive to play against. Yeah, and faster. And a lot faster because there's less dice rolls. They still maintain their rolling sort of thematic approach of they are hard to kill, but not in a way that makes your opponent feel as bad because they have to sit there watching you roll dice. They can work it out beforehand about the sort of, they can hammer out the sort of the math hammer in the head rather than just trying to uh, gauge the dice rolls of, of yourself. Yeah, overall it's, uh, overall it's very... Uh... Very positive change by the looks of things. Obviously, it's delayed in their release. Games Workshop said it was something outside of their control, um, mm -hmm. which could be anything from a supplier problem with books to COVID-related instances or whatever. Um, so we'll wait and see when that drops. Of course, people gave them hell for it on Facebook unnecessarily. Um, Didn't see that coming. No. GW. I do wonder if sometimes they just wish... Cause they've been quite transparent about this. I do sometimes think they maybe they wish we'd never wish we never told them that. Yeah. Um, rather than them saying that this was coming sorry it's delayed here's some cool rules it's coming later um, yeah it, it, maybe it was worth more trouble for them I don't know I mean yeah, yeah. Who people knows? gonna hate and, on, and the subject of angry people on the internet uh, we might as well mm -hmm. delve into Battleforge being added to the uh, app now it's added to the app now it's added <laughs> to the app finally um, I have tried it out um, interface wise it's really good yeah, like it is significantly nicer to use than Battlescribe, for example. 
it's more visual, isn't it, rather than the battle scribe, which is essentially like an Excel spreadsheet. Feel. Yes, it's yes, absolutely. It, it's much nicer to use in those terms. Um, it has a lot of things that are very like you when you hit detachments to add a detachment, it brings up all the detachment images with all the force orgs, so you can see what you're adding. You, That's so you good. Get, yeah, so you don't have to remember what Vanguard is, for example. You just look at it, and there's oh, it's the elites one. Um, so that that's that's really good. There's a few things where it validates your army list for you and tells you what's wrong, um, which is really handy. But the problem is, it lets you add a bunch of stuff you're not allowed before that. So uh, you could add a bunch of stuff that you think you that you think are options, um, then get told it's invalidated and have to go back and remove those options. Rather than at the point of adding, it says no more than one melter gun per unit. It lets yeah. you it lets you give everyone a melter gun and then tells you afterwards you're not allowed a melter gun for everyone. And it doesn't tell you which unit is invalidated either, um, from what I could see. So if you had like three tactical squads and you'd given them all weapons, it would say like a unit has more than one special weapon. You'd have to then go through all those units to find out which one has the error in it. It doesn't seem to be a quick tap through. At least there wasn't one that I could find. But so, uh, minor issues. Minor issues overall. that they've they've opened up a, a thing. They've opened up a sp- Two things. One, there's a bug report you can put in if you get an actual bug. Um, and two, there are some design flaw questionnaires or whatever where they're like, hey, tell us what you think about it and give us some suggestions so you can have it both ways. If there's a legit bug in the system, you can tell them one way. And if it's just, hey, this would be easier if it did X, Y, Z, you can tell them in the other way. So It's, it's, yeah. it's still um, in beta testing though, isn't it? It is. So it's still in development technically, so it, it's not going to be the finished product. No, but it is also two months later than they told us we'd have it, so true, there is that. True. But I mean, overall, looks like it could be pretty good. So wait, wait and see what it ends up with when the full version gets released, but I'm sure people will be upset about it anyway. But uh, I, I thought it was uh, relatively user-friendly. And last thing we've got to add on to the list, because we don't want people to miss it, uh, on the 26th of December, so Boxing Day, which is strange, mm-hmm. so I guess online orders here. Uh, they are releasing Gorzag Gitstomper as they are. an orc collectible character. Yes, so uh, I'm under the impression that he was an old character that they have done a new model for. Oh, Dave, this is this is way back, mate. Like he's he's the model is incredibly similar to because he's based on a Games Day miniature from like. 2000 or something like that like quite far back oh fair enough i along with uh, a lot of the internet found out that this was uh, coming out due to someone being sent one by accident when they had ordered the uh, bugman christmas <laughs> miniature and uh, this this turned up so uh, that that was i mean hilarity ensued um people on the internet were not forgiving of the uh delivery methods used by games workshop and of course uh, i think they uh brought out the news about git sub uh, a bit early yeah i mean like it's just a packing error at the fa- at the, at the warehouse like people need to chill man everyone's <laughs> done this oh. hey, i thought it was hilarious yeah like this sort of thing happens i mean it would have been better it would have been even funnier if it was a commando character if it was an orc commandos character <laughs> then they then they could have made something of it but unfortunately it's just it's just a regular knob i think but yeah cool model either way full of full of full of good old orky character mm. right let's roll into this uh, a to z quiz i still haven't come up with a name for it <laughs> Right, what's but, my prize? Uh, the respect of your co-worker. I've never had that and I plan to never have it. Yeah, so this is a quiz based on the uh, the letters of the alphabet. And every single answer, it will be in order, every single answer will relate to the letter of the alphabet that that coincides with. Relate to or begin with? Relate to. Oh, okay. Because some of them will begin with and some of them will relate to. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's roll into it. Let's start with the letter A. Okay. So the the subjects for this are 40k, us as a as an entity. Oh no! And, uh, and the podcast itself as well. Okay. So here we go. Letter A. What Angron. A? No. <laughs> what A did I describe your head as in one of my better intro jokes? Ah, <laughs> uh, the Astronomican. The, well done. The holy light that guides all ships to terror. The reflection of your head. Thank you, Dave. Wow. Okay, so this is just A to Z of insulting me. I get this. This is cool. No, no, no. 
Not necessarily, because... Number B, what's B would be my 40k related bodybuilding phrase. <laughs> what? What, B? Yeah. Be your 40k bodybuilding phrase. Exactly. What would it be? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to time you out. You here. are gonna have to time me out. I have absolutely no idea. It's uh, big guns never tire. Oh come on! <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, sure. You 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 dredged the bottom of the barrel for some of these. Then that's that's oh, okay. Right. Now you've set the tone. Now and now I there know. There was no barrel, Rich. There was no barrel. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you an easier one. All right. All right. So what C do you need to add to Space Marines to make them part of the Eternal Crusade? Chains. Good one. There you go. Spraying black ad chains. Black Templars in a nutshell. So I went sensible with the next one. I mean, mean, it starts off what D, so I could have gone all all manner of routes down here. But uh, what D is my longest... Oh, come on, Dave. (laughs) Unfinished project. The Death Corpse of Krieg. Oh, well done. Well done. You're on a roll here. You, you've been eased into it. All right, all right. So the next one, letter E. Mm-hmm. In terms of 40K and the podcast, what E is bigger now than it was two years ago? What E is bigger now than it... Games Workshop share price doesn't start with an E. Um... No, it does not. <laughs> Come on, in terms of 40K and the podcast, what E is bigger now than it was two years ago? I'm going to have to rush you for You're an gonna answer. You're going to have to rush me for an answer and I'm going to fail miserably. The answer is my ego. Oh. <laughs> yes, that was super obvious now that you say it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, right, moving on to letter F. God, you're not, you're not, you're doing okay, but uh, you're starting to... Some of them here. are only vaguely related to sense, Dave, so let's not get too far into it. Hey, I th- yeah, okay, <laughs> of course, my ego's not that big. Uh, F, how many F-bombs... Have we beeped out oh, over the course no. of the podcast? Well, seeing as we gave up swearing about 20 episodes ago, um, oh, it's got to be quite a few. 40? Uh, incorrect. All of them was the answer. Well, you, you just couldn't be bothered to go back and count. <laughs> right. Didn't No, not all of them, Dave. Not all of them. Because I remember that I swore about Goblin Green Flock, I believe it no, was. No, you called it <laughs> Oh, did I? <laughs> okay, okay. I'll allow that. <laughs> oh dear right <laughs> uh, letter G what infamous 40k character is better known as Gary to his mother Gasgul Thracker oh he's got it in one <laughs> I didn't, I'm not going to give you his full name because I don't know it he's got like two other random orcish sounding noises in the middle but there we go no you, you've got it in one Gasgul Thracker letter H again intro jokes what H did I describe you as in episode 13? And you rolled your eyes horrendously at this one. It wasn't hairless, was it? Oh, it was, it was the heretic. Close. It was, it the, was last, the, heretic. the first heretic. <laughs> yes, because you managed to use the word hair. In, in hey, I think that was ingenious. Yes, the joke that was so bad, I think some friends used it as a mocking title of a WhatsApp group for at least a yeah. couple of months. Cause they did. Your humour Yeah, that, was, no that was a Facebook Messenger group. Yep. Right, moving on. Go so, for it. So, uh, an easy one for you. All right. What I represents all things evil and causes the suffering of millions despite being loved by thousands of 40k players? Um... I'm trying to see if I can put Facebook comments into the letter I, and it's not, that's not one that I can find. Uh, the Inquisition? Incorrect. Do you want another go? Sure. Say it again. So what I represents all things evil and causes the suffering of millions, despite being loved by thousands of 40k players. I have no idea. It's the Eye of Horus. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. Wow. Did Tim write these for you? Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Me and Tim have very similar... Uh... Terrible tastes in humour. Yeah. Although he would have made something of the 69 joke. For sure. Uh, so moving on to Jay. What Jay is the most ridiculous creature in 40k lore? Also has a paint named after them. Oh, no. It's the Jacaro Weaponsmith. 
Oh, it is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, no, not much to say about that. No, let's just uh, move on. <laughs> moving on, is uh, this one's about you? Okay. So, what K is your biggest hobby weakness? K. Okay, this isn't a potassium-based joke, is it? No, it's not. I didn't. I didn't go. <clears throat> you didn't that go that juice. far. All right. Okay. What K is my biggest hobby weakness? Edge mm. highlighting spelt with an E, Dave. It is. <laughs> This is a bigger weakness, and I'm sure you'll agree when you hear the answer. Oh my gosh. Okay, K, and it's probably very loosely spelt with a K. Is it like a silent K at the start? Is no, it? no, it's a K. Oh. Um, oh, it's just going to be painful, but go on, Dave, what's the answer? It's Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, but sometimes there's such good value, Dave. They are, they are, but that is your biggest hobby weakness. Yeah, I, I try to avoid them as much as possible. Which is, which is not very which often. Is... <laughs> Shut up. Right. Uh, right, L. Which scantily clad Drukari character would straight up gut anything in close combat? It's an easy one for you. Lilith Hesperex. Yes, of course she would. But this is about 40k, so I've probably got a chance of getting them right, rather than with your obscure references to something, but sure. A, A. Uh, another easy one. Which M is my favourite tasting paint? Oh, Mephiston Red. Mechrite Red. No, Mechrite. Oh. <laughs> oh, just the. Yeah, I'm never getting over just how much you said it tastes like wine. Oh, it does. It doesn't. It. It. Right. Anyway, move, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another easy one for you. Apparently. Which N. Yeah, which N is often associated with pus, decay, and disease. Right, so the answer is Nurgle, but I'm sure that you've got some snide remark hidden inside your answer, so what have you got? Uh, it's not Nurgle. There we go. It's Nick from Old Average There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right, this one is easy for you, genuinely. Right, go. What letter of the Greek alphabet is the ultramarine symbol based on? Uh, Omega. Yes, correct. Games Workshop cleverly turned it upside down. They did. They did. Genius. And it's not a horseshoe. No. <laughs> Who thinks it's a horseshoe? Uh, right. Anyway, moving on. P. Right, yeah. What does the P stand for in FHP? In FHP? Yeah, well, I mean, what's FH? So, I assume you mean Floorhammer Podcast. So P stands for podcast. That is incorrect. It's Floorhammer, and there is a comma in there, so FH, Floorhammer, comma, papering over the cracks of my failed relationships. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, some of these are... Because when you said FHP, I was like, almost corrected you to say it's FNP, and then realised that feel no pain doesn't exist as a rule anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Although this does feel painful sometimes, Dave, but carry on. Q, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So Q, complete this quote. There you go. Right, references. right. Very good. Dawn of War as well. He who stands with me shall... Oh, I don't know this one. Ah. Oh. He who stands with me shall... Nope. Keep two metres apart, coronavirus. <laughs> you complete that one as well. Jeez Louise. I always remember, what is it? Uh, an open mind is like a fortress with its gates unbarred or whatever. See, I that's almost used one. that one and then thought, no, that's a bit obscure. You might not get that what? one. What? So is it like every two minutes? It's he who stands with me shall be my brother, I think is the, okay. the proper quote. Uh, right. What R shares its name with a land mammal with a big horn? A land mammal with a big horn. Well, that's a rhinoceros. So rhinox? Incorrect. I have rich oak, oh, but I'm not sure that's the right <laughs> Wow. This is just like 15 minutes of you just winding me up. This is quality, quality audio. Oh, God. It's right. like the rest of the show, S. to be honest. Uh, it's, it's divulging into insanity here. Right, uh, S. Yes. Uh, again, uh, this is actually a proper one. <laughs> okay, this, this is a real question. I'll pay attention now. As mentioned in the last show, what S is quite possibly my favourite at Space Marine Tank? Oh, the Sakaran. Yes, with the Sakaran ex- battle tank. With accelerator auto cannons. I like all of them. Really? Okay. Are they, is that what they're actually called? Uh, the accelerator auto is it cannons. Accelerator auto cannons, yeah. That's that's the classic. I do love the, the massive 
I don't know, it's probably called an accelerator Gatling cannon. The massive minigun on top. Yeah, those auto cannons are nasty, though. Mm. So, what tea, of course, is the greatest tea in the world? <sighs> what tea is the greatest tea in the world? As in a cup of tea or thing that starts with tea? Your name doesn't start with tea, so it can't it be... Doesn't, it doesn't. We've already done the ego question. We've done the ego question already. <laughs> okay. Um, no, Null Noil starts with an N. Um, <laughs> oh, go on, Dave. What's your, what's your thinly clad insult here? It's not a thinly clad insult. It's obviously English breakfast tea. I don't really like English breakfast tea that much. I like Assam tea. That's that's a tea that's that's good. Or if I really want to upset our friend Alex, it's Earl Grey tea because that really really pushes his buttons. Because <laughs> technically, apparently, it's crap tea that's uh, flavoured to hide the crapness. I mean, I mean, I'm happy with not it. Wrong. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. U, as in the letter U. Yep. Ultramar is the realm of the Ultramarines, but how many worlds does it consist Ooh. of? The exact number or like a ballpark? I'll go ballpark. Because it's like something like 500 plus worlds form the, the realm of Ultramar. Yep, I mean, I, I'll accept 500. What's the actual answer? 500. Is it exactly 500? <laughs> that sounds too hey, convenient. In my minute long research on that answer, <laughs> it was 500. <laughs> on the 40k wiki, it was 500. It's lexicanum, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, V. Uh, what original Tau world means hot-blooded? What original... What? Ve- vest- no, the Vespid of the insects, aren't they? Um, what original Tau world means hot-blooded? <clears throat> I would assume of... in Tau. In Tau, yeah. I don't know, Va-un or something stupid sounding like that. No, Viola. It's one of the... I mean, in fact, I think it's Viola, the the white and red current... Really? Um, Cover boys for Tau. Yeah. My knowledge of Tau is what their rules are and that they shoot you a lot. I'm not <laughs> going to talk about my knowledge of Tau because I fluffed up the whole... Yeah, you forgot internet. how many spheres of expansions there were when Tim asked us questions. So don't you don't exactly. you act unknowledgeable. Exactly. But uh, no, Viola used to be like a greeny colour, I think. Okay. I'll take your word for it, even though it's probably wrong. So W. Right. This is your knowledge of me. I've mentioned it a few times. What? Craft. <laughs> Right, Warcraft. Yes. Oh, here what we go. What role do I play in Warcraft raids? Oh no. Oh no. I mean, you've got a choice of three. You've got DPS, healer, or tank. Is that it? Is it just three? Ma- oh, that's roles, isn't it? Rather roles, than classes. Yeah. Oh, you're the healer. I am you're the healer. healer because I remember the crossover discussions between this and Overwatch with you and other Dave. Yes. So correct. you know, it's. Uh, I, I, I do I, like being a healer. I understand the roles because they cross over in many, many RPG-based games. Yes. But uh, as for what the... I'm glad it wasn't classes or races because I ain't got a clue when it comes to Warcraft. I mean, that swaps every few months anyway. So oh, okay. You're good. I'm currently a priest. There you go. Disciplined priest. <laughs> you uh, could so... be neither of those things in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I mean, it's punishing people and uh, making them atone for their sins. So there is some crossover there. So, uh, X. <laughs> right. Again, this is loose. How many kisses do you send me in text each <laughs> month? <laughs> it's not just you. You're not special. There are several <laughs> other people that I accidentally do this to as well. It's definitely four. Um, accidentally. It's four because if I was inadvertently te- texting you kisses, if I was inadvertently texting you kisses instead of my wife, it's four. Oh, yes. I, I put 4.5, but yeah. 4.5? 4. 4 How do you 5. put half of... What's that? The the greater than symbol? <laughs> this is average. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Uh, right. Moving on. Why? Yeah, a question I ask myself every time we record <laughs> this show, Dave, but carry on. Well, related. Why do you think it was a good idea to cast every single bit of cobblestone for your Age of Sigmar board? <laughs> um, ah, trick question. I don't think it was a good idea. I think it was a <laughs> stupid idea. I'll take that as the correct answer. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. And finally, what Z do I still wish existed in the law and have never come closer to crying when it was destroyed? Zotes. Also, also, <laughs> it's also known as the Fleet Port of Terror. Give you a clue. It's not forty k. 
It's not 40k. No. It is old world. The old world? Tomb mm-hmm. Kings? That's all I know yep. about what you're upset about. It begins with a Z. It does. I don't know because I don't know any Tomb Kings background other than they are Egyptian zombies and undead. There is a there is a nice spray that I've already mentioned. This oh, episode. Zandri dust. Is yes. it Zandri? Oh, wow. Yes, the Fleet Port of Terror. I did not know that. As oh, Terror. Terror. So that's the link. I get it. Yes. I get it. No, Zandri. <clears throat> yes, that was, that was where my um, my army came from. Originally. Ah. Mm. R.I.P. So we're we're R-I-P. we're sixty nine episodes into the podcast, and you still want to cry on air about the Tomb Kings? <laughs> good, good to know, Dave. Good to know how far we've progressed in two and a half years. Hey, hey, fifty percent of us has now got a a three D printer, so that dream might come a reality soon. <laughs> I already told you I'm not printing Games Workshop stuff. So they don't make the Tomb Kings anymore. They don't exist so anymore, I yeah. guess that's a I guess that's an IP infringement grey area, which usually means <laughs> you can get away with what the hell you want in grey areas. But there we go. Uh, well, as long as it's not grey plastic, you're fine. <laughs> but how do you find that? Very good, very good. Some of those were very tenuous, tenuous. at best. Yeah. Yeah. This this is this, this strikes me as a uh, you did it on Sunday night at the last minute kind of panic panic homework that you hand in on that you're doing on the bus on the way to school kind of thing. Some of it definitely was. I started <laughs> half of it. <laughs> Forgot about it for a week and then uh, picked up the rest this morning. Good man. Good man. That's exactly how I would have done it. <laughs> Right, so I wanted to, as as we're doing light-hearted, amusing things, uh, I wanted to uh, have a, fi- a a top five that uh, that might catch you catch you unawares, and, and it comes with questions, right? It comes questions, with questions. Comes with questions that you are absolutely not going to get right. So very on brand with your uh, quiz. So oh, okay, <clears throat> we all love hobby jargon. Everyone loves hobby jargon, right? You know. Yep. Um, and what's more complicated for you to try and understand than hobby jargon that's not from your hobby? So I mentioned a fair few times on the show that my wife is an avid knitter. Um, yep. So I thought I would hit you up with the top five knitting jargon terms that oh, no. I want to hijack for use in, in, in our hobby. Okay. So I'll give you some give some examples to kind of build you up with, with, with how things how things roll. So uh, so a knitting stash is that the equivalent of our cupboard of shame? It is the equivalent of our pile of shame or backlog, as it re- seems to have been relabeled due to COVID. Basically, yes. Um, yes. they a shared shared term whip, W I P, work in progress. Yep, we all love to use that one. And L Y S, again, very much aligned to our hobby. Love yourself? Not quite, Dave. That's As your own hobby. As opposed to their horrible you... internet idiom, KYS. No, you... <laughs> keep your keep your personal hobbies off off the air. Uh, no, it's the local local yarn shop equivalent of friendly local gaming store or local gaming store. Oh, so GW is LYS. Well, if it's sold yarn, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that is a branch out. So here are some knitting ones that I will, I suggest that we uh, we hijack in some way to describe parts of our hobby. So, Ooh. what do you think that number five got to got it in mm-hmm. in reverse order? Number five <laughs> got to number them right. This is the knitting term. You got to tell me what you think it means, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say how we can we can nick this. So nitty litter, nitty litter. Yeah, like kitty is litter, that... but nitty litter. Is that offcuts of yarn? Oh, you're not far off. It's the debris and bits and pieces that are left over after knitting that that oh. are left around the house. This makes me think of whenever you clean up models and you uh, you, you the bits you, of sprue and you stand crap. up from wherever you've been sitting when you clean up models and there's that shower of grey plastic shards that end up all over the floor. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it hobby litter because I frequently get told off when it's when it's located on the sofa or under the sofa cushions. Oh yes, yes. We could, we could come up with a better term, I think. Probably, if I thought about it. But like you, I did this at the last minute. Yes. <laughs> uh, a PhD. So it's not a PhD. It's PhD. What's think... that? What's that? The acronym for? Oh, uh, in knitting terms. Well, they're not always in knitting terms. They're they're they're, they're hobby based terms. But I, I plan to steal. I plan to steal this one as well. I've I've, I've got a few of these. I've got a few of these that so that might help you. It won't do though. 
probably won't. With it, right? Is it? Is it something that you'd stick on some uh, <laughs> hobby knife? And is it uh, like physical harm? <laughs> what disorder? I don't. Know. <laughs> oh, not at all. Project half done. Oh, nice. Which I definitely have plenty of. So is that like a long-term whip? Yeah, it's like one that you're just never going to finish. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the uh, PhD labels on uh, on hobby knives is going to work. No, I, I don't think, think just, so. <laughs> I think you just put the lid on it. That would work better. Okay, and at number three, on a similar vein, actually, is a UFO. A UFO? Is it unidentified? No. Oh, okay. Well, that goes out the window. Um, is it universal... <laughs> A phrase often used by knitting hobbyists, yes. It's an unfinished <laughs> object. Oh, okay. So object was the, the last one. The tricky one. bit, yeah. Right, number two. This one mm-hmm. This one also um, could have been a recent outcome for one of my projects, right? This is a, a toad. A T-O-A-D. A toad. Toad. So I think it's going to relate to Drakari. Yeah, and it's the, the, the acronym is T-O-A-D, or... T-O-A-D. Is it totaled war and destroyed? Oh, you're not you're not far off. It's trashed object abandoned in disgust. <laughs> Which I think is just great. Oh, it's a bit like how I got picked up for this podcast. Yep. Uh and my my number one. Right, this is another acronym. Sable. S-A-B-L-E. Sable. You're never going to get these, but they amuse me anyway. It is stash acquired beyond life expectancy, which, oh, which nice. I really so like. Your backlog. your backlog is now bigger than you could complete in the rest of your remaining years. That's really good. <laughs> which is really good. Yes. So, Rich O'Keefe, you have a sable. Uh, I've cut down on mine, so I hope that means that you don't expect me to die in the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be arranged. Uh, I've, I've, I've probably got what, oh. a sab, sab, hella, a stash acquired beyond half life expectancy. Okay, fair so enough. It's not quite full life expectancy. Is that because you're younger than me? Is that what is that is that what this is? Yeah, and less stuff. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got far less um, non-started projects than you. That's fair. I think. Yep. So rounding off that japery, shall we? Uh... Should we move on through to hobby tips? Because that's yes. always that's always dead serious. Yes, I do like that sable. Yeah, man, that was the one that. that that was the one that got me hooked onto this concept. I was like, oh, that's a really really good one. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's it's a concept that basically everybody can get behind. Of the there's so much more stuff that I'm ever going to get round to do. Yeah, <clears throat> could you could you uh, could you run them off again? I'm going to write these down. You're going to write these down, are you? Okay. Yeah. Just give us a just give us a five to one five nitty litter, which we need to rephrase as hobby Ooh, litter yes. or something 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 better than that. Uh, S- PhD sprue, sprue crap sprue crap doesn't have the same <laughs> jingle. T- Dave, don't ever go into marketing, mate. I'm going to tell you that that's straight up. <laughs> I mean, you could tell with my acronyms that I shouldn't. That's yeah, true. PhD project half done. UFO unfinished object. Toad, T O A D, trashed object abandoned in disgust, which is the disgust bit that really, really, really clicks for me. And Sable, stash acquired beyond life expectancy. So now you can talk knitting with anybody that you know that knits, which is basically my wife and yeah. other other friends. They I mean, crochet, the, uh... they crochet though, and if you tell them that crochet and knitting are the same thing, you will get crucified. I can tell you that now. Yeah, with knitting needles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the toad one you could remodel to mad. Model abandoned in disgust. Yeah. So, hobby tips then. And uh, this is one that was inspired by thinking about some projects that a friend of mine has done. And this is also right up my alley of being a cheapskate as well. So it's a two for one value here. Uh, <laughs> my friend Paul is particularly good at making terrain from household objects. He's made quite a few terrain pieces from stuff that he's got at the house. So you've got your regulars like your pots uh tubs uh bean cans being used as uh, storage vats that sort of thing but so no uh, wonder he's your friend yeah very... <laughs> not sure why he's my friend dave but there we go that's that's on him not well, me i think you've i think you've cracked it <laughs> i think i've cracked it for all these years so i thought it would be good to kind of uh go through what are my top household objects that you can repurpose for hobby reasons because 
so much stuff at home, I say to my wife, oh, I need that. And she just looks at me and kind of rolls her eyes and she doesn't even ask now what I need it for because she knows that I'm basically saying I'm going to hoard that for hobby related activities. Yep, and she can't talk because I know that she also has a sable connection. <laughs> she has a pretty big yarn stash, but um, I mean, it, it is also stuff that's designed for knitting, whereas this is accumulated garbage, essentially, <laughs> for, for most of my hobby stuff. So, uh, in no particular order, uh, wood products. So, it's surprising the amount of things like basing materials and like terrain decoration knickknacks that you can get out of wooden stuff that you have around your house. So, I'm thinking things like uh, matches, uh, obviously with the match head cut off um, before you come up with some smart ass answer, um, <laughs> cocktail sticks, uh, barbecue, stew- barbecue skewers, and coffee stirrers. So, any of these sort of products make really good for basing materials. Yeah, coffee coffee stirrers. I have seen trench works made galore. Absolutely. Out of those. Did you use them for your trench bases when you made your Death Coral Creek bases? I didn't. I I went for some balsa wood. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean it's Same similar. Effect. And I suppose the big hobby tip here is obviously you can keep these and stick them in a little box or whatever. But the best thing to paint your wood things with, if you're doing a, a hobby modeling thing, is actually wood stain. So if you know anybody who's done any sort of home renovation project or a deck or something like that and can stick a bit of wood stain in a pot for you, it unsurprisingly is the best thing to stain and weather wood with because it you know it, it, it soaks in exactly like it's supposed to and, and ends up looking really good. Right, and something else that we all end up with loads of that we could keep a little bit aside and uh, that is clear plastic packaging. So... I've used this in the past to put windows into terrain pieces, but also to chop it up on model bases as like broken glass um, because it works really, really well. And basically any GW character now, apart from some special edition ones, comes in a clear plastic clamshell. Oh, the the sort of blister packs. Yes, what what used to be blister packs where it was the card and the plastic. Now they're these plastic ones that are sealed and, you know, the ones you really can't open without a pair of scissors. Yes, I know, right? Oh, my God. But keep that stuff because it makes really good for broken glass um, and also making ice. If you super glue it down to bases over like a blue or a, or a, or a white and then put some snow flock around the edge, it makes, makes really, really good ice. And it's easy just to keep a couple of sheets of it or squares of it cut up in a box or a... Um, in your in your hobby stash make sure you glue it with pva glue though that's the hobby tip don't super glue it um, unless you want it to look frosted because super glue as it evaporates um, it does that kind of clouding effect on clear plastic um, so We've if you want to seen it on cockpits and, and stuff of, of aircraft yeah exactly model aircraft guys have special glues that they use to to, to avoid that um, so unless you want that look like it's supposed to be frosted ice would work okay but for glass work um, make sure you use pva glue i think even gw sure. have said this before in their like hobby stuff is make sure you glue mm. it like the necron rods they used to tell you to glue with pva glue so that you don't fog them up uh, cardboard everybody has loads of cardboard around the house i found a, a variety of uses for basing things on cardboard um, if you want something strong uh, cardboard from leftover notebook or pad of some sort it has that thick card at the back that grey kind of card, the, the more board-like card, and that's really, really good. Um, if you want to make uh, your own like barricades and things, uh, corrugated cardboard is really good, which is basically yeah. any packaging you get. I made a uh, an Anderson World War II shelter nice. when I was uh, back in school out of corrugated cardboard, as a fun fact for you. That is good. I'll yeah. use, use it in a quiz down the line. Excellent work. You can buy corrugated card at like your hobby shops, um, but you can easily turn a regular cardboard box into that kind of bumpy, bumpy texture by just using a sponge to wet the top layer um, to make the glue come apart. Because essentially that wavy bit in the middle is one piece of paper and then the layer on top is glued on. Um, mm-hmm. You just soak that for like two minutes and peel up a corner and then you can essentially on most cardboards pull off the entire top layer and just leave that corrugated look, which is great for basically fake metal sheeting. Um, which if you just paint it and dry brush it silver looks great for like scatter terrain and like I said barricades that sort of thing great for jazzing up your terrain as well if you want to make your terrain look a bit bulkier than it actually is block up windows for line of sight blocking that sort of thing Um, makeshift barricades yeah yeah and cereal box card can be used for detailing just about anything because you can just put strips of it and it looks like metal stripping basing textures 
Um, yes, I've I've gone on before about buying buying deliberately buying a bag of sharp sand to use. But if anybody you know has got any form of garden project going on, or you've got some in the garden, um, just a small pot of some sort of grit or gravel um, just to add variety to your bases. Because the problem with just sanding your bases is, apart from in a desert, like very very few places have that kind of uniform sized grains of sand on on in the in the landscape it's almost always got chunks mm-hmm. of something um so you can end up using gravel grit slate you can get slate chippings you can usually find them around uh, i i've ended up just buying big slate chippings and then hitting it with a hammer to break it down if you're going to do that the hobby tip is put the pieces of slate in a plastic bag first um so that when you whack them with a hammer you don't lose pieces everywhere and you don't risk the chips going in your eyes because you know actually that's pretty dangerous apparently definitely last but not least is sponges so obvious use for an old kitchen sponge is to rip it up and use it for painting chips we talked about that before no problem at all Um, i've seen some people do some fantastic things with old sponge to make it look like rocks so by soaking by soaking it in ripping it up and soaking it in glue and then spray painting it you can make it look like that kind of volcanic rock you know where it's very very porous because of all the holes in it um, and if you yeah. soak it in glue, it becomes really, really solid. Um, so again, great for putting on your bases or terrain pieces to kind of make them look a bit more interesting than just regular rocks. Um, and they make really good bushes. So if you soak them in brown or green paint mixed with PVA glue so that they set hard, you can make some pretty cheap uh, homemade kind of clump foliage style things to put on terrain pieces. Again, either as a base over to w- over which you can sprinkle some nicer flock um, or just rip them up and have them on, on the bases to kind of jazz things up a bit. And yeah, I have a whole uh, little drawer in my, my hobby space that's full of little boxes with random stuff in like this that I've kept. And it doesn't, it doesn't come up that often, but when you're doing things like your cool diorama base that you're doing for your chaplain, um, or I do things like um, maybe when I've got to do my character for the for the paint challenge right the three paint challenge i can make an interesting base or i might get the extreme basing uh option i've suddenly got to have to have a whole load of stuff and and i just gather these things up and stick them in a box and uh, you never know when you're going to be able to stick something interesting on a base yeah and there are tons of household items like you said lying around that, that have a lot of hobby potential oh i mean yeah there's things like straws for pipes all that sort of classic stuff actually really does work i mean I suppose you don't get so many straws these days, which is a, a, a net good thing. Um, but there, there are always there are always things around like that that you can use. So yeah, I don't think there's any shame in having like a shoebox full of random junk that you've collected because at some point you, uh, you you can use it on a base, or you can just hoard it forever, like I do. One or the other. Oh, I, I love I love DIY uh, little tidbits like olives and stuff, and uh, different pipe connections you- that I've had over the years. Of course, you mean the olive that goes in the compression joint on a radiator, and not I the do. not the uh, ones that you eat with a salad. No, okay, no, the good. ones that the ones that are like gold rings, but uh, great for <laughs> maybe putting on two bits of pipe and making it into a barrel. And they're cheaper chips as well. They which, are cheaper you know, chips, which you know is obviously right up my alley. So that just about wraps up this episode and this year yeah. for the Floorhammer podcast. So uh, we'll see you in 2021 and I will sign off by saying you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Floorhammer podcast, our website floorhammerpodcast.com and our Instagram handle at floorhammer underscore podcast. Cheers guys for a great year. Right. And we'll catch you next episode next year and rolling on to some good 2021 goals. So have fun everybody